Hello, and welcome to Media Monsters, the podcast on a mission from God to tell you about movies. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Blues Brothers. As always, I am joined by Jim and Al, and I am Nick. Guys, uh, how's your week been? Good, good, man. You know, not a lot of watching, but what I did watch, I did like, and it was, uh, and I got some, I actually cracked open a book. Great. So, what are you, you reading? Know, non, non-negotiable by Wes Watson. What's that all about? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a mindset book. It's about, um, it's written from Wes Watson is a guy. He's, he's extremely intense. He did 10 years in, in the Cal- uh, California state prison system. He's a, he's a very, very intense, no nonsense, no bullshit. Um, author. I love him. He drops a lot of F bombs, drop a lot of MF bombs. And he drops a lot of truth. Um, He's a real, really, really super intense guy, and I really like it. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's, it's makes you think without having to makes you think about your life and rethink about um, the way you're approaching your life. It's great. Yeah. Love it. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I've read a few Malcolm Gladwell books. Those probably aren't exactly the same, but you know, self help that kind of thing. It's always, uh, always good. Malcolm, uh, uh, did he write Sapiens? Malcolm Gladwell or Tipping Point. Uh, so I read David and Goliath. It's I don't I don't know what his other books are, but that's that's the one I read. But yeah, excellent. Yeah, we can't all just watch. You know, I can't just watch movies all the time. I need to uh, <laughs> actually start to think a little bit. No, no, we all do. We all do. Jim, what? Uh, how's your week been, man? My week's been uh, kind of quiet. I um, finished watching uh, Superman and Lois. And uh, that that really picked up steam as the the shows progressed. Um, and once I did that, I uh, decided to stay in the Berlanti universe and go back to the Flash because I I think I stopped watching the Flash at the beginning of uh, of COVID probably in nineteen uh, twenty nineteen. Um, so I'm I'm back watching the Flash. It's and, ending, um, right? Uh, I think they're going to end all the Berlanti universe stuff and start anew because of new management at, at the the studios yeah. warner brothers is having a huge shakeup right now that the new guy who's coming in apparently like he's restructuring the whole thing they were going to do a wonder twins movie and they canned it like a week after they had cast the the two twins i i think that's a good move you know i think it was going to be a made for hbo movie so i, I don't think how that that could be good in any way but i mean yeah if if they if they just kind of Threw away the whole uh, Warner Brothers, uh, sorry, the the DC movie universe and started over. I'd be okay with that, but I think that Berlanti has done a, a really good job with the TV universe. You know what's really funny about the Warner Brother, the um, DC, like the 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 Flash and and Supergirl and the, the, the DC Berlanti. TV universe, all that. Yeah, like Arrow is the. I'm not a big fan of it at all. Like I can't even say I am a fan of it. I I got caught up in arrow once and then i think i think i got caught up on heroes of tomorrow or whatever it was um i got yeah legends of tomorrow if you look at like the dc stuff that was on hbo was on the dc was on dc direct before Mm -hmm. or whatever like with titans and um swamp thing and and a couple other ones like those are really i liked those a lot doom Doom patrol was all right but yeah, I, 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 I thought they were good. The uh, the Harley Quinn animated show that came out of that streaming service was really good. They're doing a season three now. 
I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, I keep meaning to go watch that. I keep forgetting that it exists. It's great. No, it's, I mean, you'd love it. It's it's Alan Tudyk and uh, Kaylee Kiyoko from Big Bang Theory. That cast is great. See, I always thought that with Titans, like TNT at one point had, had was going to pick up Titans. Um, they were going to do a Titan show before the DC one. And I always thought that they should have put um, Aziz Ansari as, as Beast Boy. I think he's like the most natural choice for that role. That's, yeah, that's He's a little really old at this point, though. They can de-age him. Or <laughs> maybe we can find fresh talent to fill, you know, those roles. But, What's no, I, I get it. All right. Um, since how's, how's your week is not the same question as what what are you watching, uh, Jim? It was, is that, <laughs> that what you've been doing still? Titans and uh, the Berlanti universe? and um, I guess not I Titans, have, I, but... I've been uh, kind of into a, um, a 3D printing kick again. Um, and uh, You're building an R2, right? I, I am, well... I'm trying to actually decide on different color schemes for R2s. So I'm printing smaller R2s right now so that I can um, paint them in different color schemes and figure out what color I want. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm just kind of fighting with the, the design that, uh, uh, that I downloaded and, and I'm trying to put them together, but I've had some print failures. <laughs> so um, I've been wanting to ask you to print me um, Gundams. Those and... Uh... And giant X-Men statues. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be like, it'd be like Warhammer-y. You'd have to like paint them yourself afterwards. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm talking about as far as this, um, you know, I, I've got this R2-D2 that, uh, that I've printed out probably about four different times, but I'm having trouble with uh, the particular design that, that has been available online on this particular website that it just keeps breaking in different ways if, with each one that I uh, print out. I need to find something stable so that I can start just printing, printing, printing them, and uh, just so that I can figure out what colors I want. But, um, you know, it, it's just kind of something to pass the time. But I've also been working on a lot of um, videos for bluesontheriver.com. Uh, in the last couple of months, I went from, I, I've probably done over 50 videos in the last two months. You're really uh, chugging past those concerts. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it wasn't that long ago that we probably had about 80 videos up on that oh website. When I say we, I, it's me. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's probably closer to 150 videos up there now. Uh, and I've actually got them scheduled to go out uh, one a day at 8 p.m. every day. Um, and it, it, it launches directly on YouTube automatically. Um, nice. Consistency. Uh, yeah, so it, it you know I, it used to be that I would just throw them out there as soon as I was done with them, uh, and you know people might see two or three a day and then not see anything for a couple of weeks, and then they might see one or two and you know so yeah having one a day and and I, I called it uh, a May full of blues because there was one video a day, but at this point um, I, I if anybody wants to join uh, or subscribe to my YouTube channel youtube.com slash jimmy kenny that's j-i-m-m-y-k-e-n-n-e-y you can uh, you'll get those feeds every night at eight o'clock um i've done all of may and it looks like um i'm probably gonna have enough for all of june cool as for me um i've been kind of taking it easy i've been able to watch a few things this um this week just because 
Wait, wait, wait. You have not been taking it easy. I'm going to steal that away from you. Oh, it's... it's because in the last I've been week, on easy street, you baby. You had something extremely important happen to you. Yeah, which made my life go on easy street, man. I graduated. He graduated. And then I had what to drive home for 12 hours. Uh, and that's not an easy drive. It's no, kind of it's, boring. it's really not. I've done that drive with you in the opposite direction. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. But uh, in the meantime, I watched uh, Cube on Tubi, that um, 90s Canadian horror movie. Um, it's kind of like Saw in a way. Pe these people are like trapped in a cube and they have to like solve like puzzles to try and find their way out of it. Um, yeah, it was. it's really good if you haven't seen it. It's like... It was super low budget, which was um, really interesting because it, it, it looks that, like every dollar that they must have had was on screen. It was only like like $600,000 to make or something. It was like insanely cheap. Isn't there, um, is there two more sequels to that? Is there Cube 2 and 3 as well? There might be. I didn't, I didn't really look into it because part of me just, just got the vibe that <laughs> the sequels to this movie weren't going to be very good. And I... I haven't, I don't know, I haven't really heard much about them, so. What do you think of Tubi? You gleaming the cube? Tubi, <laughs> Tubi isn't bad, you know, it's, um, it, it has a lot of, a lot more movies than I, than I initially thought. Um, so I, I joined Tubi, like, probably four years ago. Yeah, and they, it's, it's they definitely had a lot, gotten better in, in quality. They had a lot of, they had a lot of anime. They had yeah. a lot of anime that other people just didn't pick up. Um, and I think I've always kind of kept, I, I think I even have Tubi on my TV. I just never go into it. I'm always, you know, I'll probably be able to find stuff like the wash and, uh, baby mama on there, but I think that that's what they were offering when I was a member. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like, yeah, from time to time, the selection can be bad, but I don't know right now, right now is pretty good. Um, I also watched, um, I think I might've mentioned this a little bit on the last one, Inland Empire. I got to go to theaters to see that. That's David Lynch's last movie. It was uh, it was an experience, as as watching a David Lynch movie in theaters might be. Three hours of my time, um, but that was fun. It's they they did a re-release and it, they like upscaled the the footage and they made it look better and it's it's great. Also watching Near Dark on Shutter, uh, the Catherine Bigelow vampire movie. That was amazing. That was like honestly, that was a big surprise for me. I did not expect to like that movie as much as I did. You know, if you're into, you know, action movies of that time, there's like no reason not to watch that. That movie is great. I watched Jackass 4.5 on Netflix, which dropped like last night. There was some stuff that didn't make it into Jackass Forever, which was some of the grossest stuff I've ever seen. I started watching it last night too. Like I just I was sitting on the couch like I was sitting there yesterday before actually before work. I was like, wow, I guess they they just went past four to four point five. <laughs> no, it's weird. I think so. Jackass Forever is on Paramount Plus, but they dropped four point five on Netflix for some reason. Yeah, and that was the baffling point. Like I was like, well, okay, are we gonna get four <laughs> money on here? I I don't know. They must have signed some deal before before distribution or something. Um, I also, uh, I also watched Morbius, and the way I watched Morbius was someone sent me a gif of the entire movie condensed down to one minute, and I watched that whole one minute, 
And I don't think I lost a, a single thing watching it that way. All right, so Nick, let me ask you an Alex question. Yeah? If Morbius was a donut, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it would be it would be a moldy one that you found in their dumpster after it's been thrown out. Would would Morbius be kind of like when you're like someone's like, "Hey, I've got a chocolate donut for you," and you really you picture you were gonna get like a glazed donut with a chocolate top, and they're like, "Hey, I got that chocolate donut for you," and it's a highly glazed chocolate cake donut and you're like great thanks this is not what i want would that be it you're asking the wrong person i like those <laughs> those are just terrible um, would it be a, a chocolate no it, it no <laughs> so i guess the best thing uh to 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 compare it to is um then asking for a jelly filled donut and getting a custard one. Oh, I, it's even worse when you get you want the bavarian and you get a lemon yep <laughs> yep yep <laughs> So that's how I describe Morbius. Um, the Bavarian that's a lemon. Yes. Alex, did you did you get a chance to watch Moon Knight? I don't know if I got the. I don't know if we talked about Moon Knight since since it ended. I finished Moon Knight and I hated Moon Knight at the beginning, and I I liked Moon Knight at the end. Um, I think that that was definitely one of the ones that I had to watch it in its entirety to like it, um, but. I pushed through it, and I'm I'm glad I actually watched it as much as I didn't like it at the beginning. I was like, uh, "Great, whatever," but um, I liked the way they ended it. I was I was happy with it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't I wouldn't call it the worst of the bunch, but I'm not going to call it the best out of those out of the Marvel shows. Yeah, understandable. I really liked it. I like. I think this might be. I think my my power ranking for these would probably be Loki. Moon Knight Hawkeye would probably be my top three. Jim, what would what would yours be, Jim? Top three. Top three. Of the Disney probably, Marvel shows. I, I would probably put WandaVision close to the bottom. And really? I don't read that too much into that. Um I really like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um uh, that started strong and, and stayed strong throughout the whole thing. Um Loki, I, I would probably put Loki as one of the top ones. And See it, yeah. yeah. I think I, th- I I think WandaVision, I can't tell you if, if I think, I'll put WandaVision as number one for me. Just because of, and it has to do basically with how they how the, the genre bending, like different, the different time eras. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, a, that was re- what really did it. But, but damn, Loki is good. Loki's good. Yeah. And My I problem probably with would... WandaVision was like, after those six episodes where they're like doing the genre flipping stuff, it just kind of becomes Agents of Sword. Well, that's the part that I don't like about it. But, like, I really liked Loki a lot. Um, and the only reason I put WandaVision above it was because the reason I said they just they changed the, the different style um, throughout it. Yeah, they were uh, willing to try something. And, and, and that's what I do like about the Disney Plus show. I mean, the, the Marvel Disney Plus shows is that they are willing to try these different genre yeah, bending styles. Here's the thing. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier is so basic. It's so, so basic. Um, I just, it's not that the acting wasn't good. I just was like. Yeah, it was very, like, cookie cutter. Like, it didn't didn't do anything wrong necessarily. Yeah. It's just sort of like a show that exists more than anything else. And I actually was amazed how much I liked Hawkeye. Yeah. Because I, I think Hawkeye is a pretty boring character. But, like, I really, really liked it. And I, I hated Black Widow, but with uh, his Yelena. Having her in there, I, th- I thought I thought it was, I thought that you know Hawkeye was great. 
and that's I think the only reason why Hawkeye I put above Moon Knight is how surprised I was at Hawkeye, how low expectations I had for it, and how surprised I was, and how high expectations I had of Moon Knight, and how it it didn't live up to what I thought. Yeah, yeah. but it was it, the whole switching between Stephen's personality and um, Mark Spector's personality, and how you know the Moon Knight avatar changed was was actually really really cool so yeah you guys think we'd ever get a full-blown musical i guess they they did a little number in hawkeye but do you think we'd ever get like a funny full-on musical marvel i hope so i hope so like put that out like put that out as the as the uh like what might be a good thing to compare it to cats I'm just kidding. <laughs> the bot, the butthole. That cat, wasn't the, quite the, the answer I was looking for. The butthole cut of cat of cats. Maybe there could be a lot of car chases in this in this musical. What what film could we possibly compare it to now? I, I, I <laughs> oh my god! All right, Blues Brothers. I got nothing. I was trying yeah, to no. I was trying to transition us to Blues Brothers. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um. The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. <laughs> classic, classic, 1980 I mi- film. I missed that mark hard. <laughs> yeah, we did, but oh, it's, really it's all right. It's all right, you know. Um, all right, so, yeah, we're talking about uh, the Blues but, Brothers, 1980. But what I watched this week, what I watched this week. Oh, I thought, well, you did your book. I read a book, <laughs> man. It's not what I watched. What? Jimmy, Jimmy told <laughs> us what he... Jimmy told us what he watched when we asked what he did and what he did when we asked what he watched. <laughs> real right. quick, I watched, yeah, real quick, ahead. real quick. I watched John Wayne Gacy, uh, files. I watched, um, I watched rescue Rangers and I watched blues brothers. There you go. That's what I watched. Nice. And I know, <laughs> I know you've had a lot of good words about rescue Rangers. I'm sorry. I didn't give you room to talk about that. <laughs> I love rescue Rangers. It's good. There you go. Phil lives up to it and delivers. All right, so jumping back to Blues Brothers, <laughs> 1980 comedy. Most people know about this movie. Most people know what this is. But, you know, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi musical directed by John Landis. It's uh, about two guys getting their band back together, trying to save the orphanage where they grew up. And that's, that is pretty much the entire movie. The just, just that single plot, which is surprising because it's two and a half hours that they can sustain that, that plot for that long. Yeah, because if you don't get it the first time, you're reminded throughout the entire movie. You know, we're on a mission from God. We're on, we're on a, a mission from we're God. We're on a mission from God. Is it really two and a half hours? Well, it depends on what hours. version you watch. Yeah, that's true. It's either really? two, it's two twelve or two and a half. I don't. I, I watch the unrated version. That's the one I have. So. I don't even know which one I watched today because I've seen the movie. I think I might have watched the unrated version because there's an extended cut where they're when he's getting out of prison at the very beginning where there's some dogs barking and like they show some statues of dead dogs. And I was like, what the hell is that? I've never seen that till today. And, and the, yeah, I don't remember the, um, the, the, the smokestacks in Joliet. I do. I remember that. And I don't remember ever seeing the, um, this is jumping forward a little bit. uh, um, Elwood going to work. I remember that. What? He went to work. I don't remember seeing that scene yeah, where, ever before. When he goes and quits? Yeah, I've never seen that scene before. I guess I didn't I didn't watch the unrated version. I didn't wow. What did he do? What does he do? He, for a job? It was like 
spray paint cans or something. He he was like a works at a glue factory essentially. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I've never seen that. Which which feeds back into when he puts the glue on the accelerator. Okay, so that's really funny because I thought he stole that from the gas station. No, he, he in that scene he actually takes two cans before he quits. He takes two cans of that glue and puts them in his bag. Yeah, and, so that's and where those cans the entire come from. Conveyor belt of all the all the cans afterwards. That's well. Now that answers the question where he got the where he got the glue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that why? Wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> so let's let's go back. Let's okay. let's re let's revisit this. Okay. So now now what a line he says makes sense in it in the movie. Now I didn't know. Okay. Glue. Yeah. Really no. <laughs> yeah. Like let's let's go back to the beginning of the movie because I think okay. let's go back. The last time we just jumped around. We let's just go back. Let's go back. Let's go way on way back when. Yes. You know, you, like you said, it's such a simple premise and saving the orphanage and everything like that. What's really neat about that. So going back to that scene where they're flying the opening scene when they're flying over the prison. Yeah. Um, flying around Joliet. Yeah. To show, you, you, to show you what a shithole Joliet was back then. <laughs> because Do you know I, I remember it when we were kids out driving by Joliet. And seeing those smokestacks with the fire coming up. I mean, I remember driving by Joliet in 1995, I think it was, and still seeing the smokestacks with fire belching out of the top of them. Which is really funny because it, it really lends to the whole idea of you look at that person, you go, yeah, that must be where they're making license plates. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but do you, know they, do you know that they didn't get permission? Um, they didn't, they didn't, it's not that they didn't get permission to film Joliet. They didn't tell the guards that they were cycling around the, that they were going to be circling around the prison filming. And so the, the prison guards started firing at the, at the helicopter. It's, it's John true. Landis has bad luck with helicopters, man. So, oh my goodness. and that's, yeah. So as he's, yeah, as, like I said, you know, as they're going through prison and they're walking him out and everything, they're walking john belushi out the the funniest thing about that whole scene of when he's getting out is the fact that as a kid if you don't because jim we i must have seen this movie i'm gonna say i've seen this movie and now that i haven't seen the unrated cut i've the version i've seen two versions i've seen the on on tv version which is horrible because you miss it and i've seen the regular one but the thing is with this movie is my father loves this movie Mm-hmm. He he loves this movie to death. This is one of two movies that my father absolutely loves. <laughs> and it, the second one is Christmas Story, which is equally when people see these movies, they go, these are the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my life. And I go, no, they're not. These are the greatest movies I've ever seen. So um, because my father made me watch this it, and he just he was really excited to show both Jim and I this this movie. So as he's. You know, as they're walking Jake this out. Was, this is like the first rated R movie I think I ever saw. I didn't see it in theaters. I remember our older sisters going to see it in theaters and, you know, thinking, oh, my God, they get to go see a rated R movie. I mean, yeah. but we, we get to see it later on. Did we see it like on? So Nick, I think it back, must have been VHS. No, I think. Well, listen to this. So, Nick, do you know that back in the day? Um, so on you TV. had. Back in in the early '80s, late '70s, probably earlier than this, on Friday night, I believe NBC showed a movie. Uh, and... I know CBS was Sunday nights. 
No, ABC was okay. Friday night was was ABC. Saturday night must have been NBC, and Sunday night was was um, CBS. And these were this was a big to do. Yeah, and, I mean, well, mass media wasn't available yet, so like that yeah. was the only way to watch movies, right? Yeah, so a lot of movies that we saw, even though we've seen edited movies, and we saw, you know, and they were probably way more, you know, I'm, what they get away with now on TV, you know, if it, if it would be by this, they would get away with a lot more now if they continued it. But, you know, even what they got away with in the 80s was way more with what they would have gotten away with in the 90s on TV. So seeing this movie and knowing that my father and you could tell the emotion that my father has behind this movie how much he loves this movie he loves this movie and being that we were living in chicago the chicago area at the time it's it, it you know is important to my father this movie was he loved this movie um and so therefore jim and i inherited loving this movie um by default but again as we're going the jake's walking out and as a kid, if you don't know, when he's checking out, uh, when they're when they're letting him out, until someone points it out, and when you hear it, it's it's Frank Oz who's who's assigning all his stuff back to him. And when when Jimmy says to me as a kid, "Hey, you know that's uh you know that's Fozzie Bear, right? Yeah, that's Fozzie Bear." And Miss Piggy, it's Yoda, it's Miss Piggy. Piggy. But you hear Fozzie Bear's voice, and that's all you hear for the rest of your life. <laughs> is Fozzie Bear and saying one prophylactic used. So you would, you would think that that's the thing that would stick out more than anything. Like, Ooh, that's gross. But the thing that sticks out throughout the whole movie is the fact that he says one Timex watch broken. And throughout the whole movie, he looks at his watch multiple times Yep. throughout the whole movie. You're like, his watch is broken. What the hell is that? But wait a second. (laughs) Keep watch it again. And keep that in mind, because there's two police officers mm-hmm. he broke my have watch. accidents, and both of them goes, I broke my watch yep, twice in the, in the movie. So, yeah, so as he gets out, and what's really cool about this is that, and not to go scene for scene or whatever, is, okay, yeah, cool, you get, you get out, he gets out, and then immediately as he's coming out, that scene where they unroll the doors is, is so cool. Because, and just the timing of the horns. Dun, dun. In my head, this is I, it's perfect sounding, but it sounds like hell on the microphone. But it's just, yeah. So you get you get nailed with that, and you just you look at Jake and Elwood. You go as a kid, you go, that's what cool looks like. Like as a kid, you look at Darth Vader, you go, that's that's what bad looks like. That's a that's a bad dude. We used and to you look about Han Solo until last week. <laughs> And you say the same thing about Han Solo, but you know for sure. But you say, like, Darth Vader's bad because he's bad. Han Solo's cool because he's cool. But you go, you look at Jake and, and, and Elwood, and you go, you know that they're bad, but they are cool as hell. And you down to, like, the clothes say it all. The outfit says it all. And it's just... It's so appropriate. Oh, and, I mean, like, that's an, that's an instantly iconic look. I mean, like... Wearing a suit with sunglasses and a hat, you're just like, oh, yeah, that can... guy's that guy looks like a blues brother. Like that's just yeah. Um, when he's before they open up the gates and she caught the Katie starts. I don't know if it's in the version you watched, Dal, but I was I I can't believe that I never caught that 
when the prison guards show up at Jake's um, prison cell and they roust him out of bed and they're walking him out until you see Frank Oz, who's giving him back his stuff, you can kind of get the idea. Maybe they're taking him to the electric chair. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point, man. Because like you said, like that, I never thought about that, but yeah, that, that is a good point. But if you, but then again, you kind of knew he was the star of the show, didn't you? <laughs> so why would they bring him to an electric chair? But yeah, it's just, it is, it is filmed like that. Like, wow, you're going off like that, but it's a, it's a really solid, solid opening. Yeah. Um, it's good. And down to, you know, I... the horn blares and everything. I, this is, so this is kind of the start of this and this being an SNL movie is very funny to me because it has the classic SNL problem where every joke feels like it goes on for just a little bit too long. Like, I don't, like we said, this movie's plot is really simple. I don't think this movie needs to be over two hours. There's See, this is the thing is like you... Like you've called it an SNL movie like twice now. To me, this isn't an SNL movie. This is just the two guys front. No, I get it. I get it. Like if it was Jane Curtin and Garrett Morrison there, and like if you know, think about it. If if uh, if Bill Murray was giving him his stuff, then it would be it would be an SNL movie. But no, there, I think because it be in we're definitely showing our age, being forty seven. You know, forty seven, and, and Jim's like fifty two, and uh, and. You know, you're like, you know, what, just hitting 18, Nick, something like that. But no, I'm yeah, just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but Alex's so, address is, no. <laughs> the last four is, yeah, it's it's, it's Wrigley Field. It, but, <laughs> but no, what's really funny is because, like, when you call it, and you have every right to call it an SNL movie. But, like, to me, I go, yeah, an SNL movie is Wayne's World, dude. Like it's just god awful. Like an SNL movie is a is an insult in a way to me. Yeah, can I defend? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I would take it as an insult because most SNL movies are based on SNL skits. This is not based on an SNL skit. Yeah, well, but it is. It uh, is. It, it is totally is. What are you talking it's about? An SNL performance. No, it's they a, it's an. They perform as these characters. And it, it's a it's characters developed through it. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not the, you know, the samurai or, you know, or the, you know, the Greek deli. But it, it, this is very much this was this is an S and Nick has every right to call this an SNL movie because it is it's based off of SNL characters, you know, to, but to me as being our age, this is where we're on the other side of the coin is Wayne's World is an SNL movie. Absolutely. Um, I like this Wayne's is, World. I don't... This is <laughs> this is not. But I probably like this movie more than Wayne's World. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah. So do you want to hear another? So just, go ahead. So I think, I think the biggest difference is with Wayne's World in the later on SNL movies. It's not apparent that these guys are all raging coke addicts. But here's the thing: if you guys don't know this, coke was actually written into the budget. <laughs> It, so, right, for, to, to make them film longer this is what they said to make them film longer and be able to and to bring the energy to so to i heard this, to the set i heard something like interesting joking. about this budget it's it's that it, when they started filming it wasn't set they didn't have a set budget they just started going 
So I heard it was I heard it was twelve, and then they brought it to seventeen, and John Landis was like, "Yeah, I already spent that," and then they went to, you know, they went to twenty five, but it it cost them in total. It, it says twenty seven point five is was the final it, budget. It cost them twelve million dollars in vehicles alone, and and in army sense. personnel. Yeah. So. So at, at the time, this is this is um, they they wrecked 103 vehicles in this movie, which at the time was a record for like they held it for like later. 18 years. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, they, they they only held it for two. Two. Yeah. Then I, another yeah. guy did one. He did 150 in a plane. He the next guy did 150 in a plane. Blues Brothers 2000, I believe, up to that. I think the Matrix Revolutions or. They yeah. went higher, but then they were saying, like, for some reason, G.I. Joe Retaliation got mentioned as, like, one of the top movies for blowing up vehicles or, like, cars. It's like, what? Are you joking? But well, like, I got uh, more. You, you find out these wild production numbers. I found out recently that in adjusted for inflation, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie costs nearly $500 million. But that's so funny because you say that and you go, oh, is that all? You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, kind of. that all. like, I'm sorry if it, like, you don't have Marvel level. It's no, like, you that... can make, you know, we'll, we'll spend 500 million on the first episode of, Spy of Pirates of the Caribbean, the show. Like, come on. You know, I mean, it's, no, it's no, so no. ridiculous. Let's only go up to like 350 million. That's still the, the most expensive oh, movie ever made. <laughs> I, listen, I know this is all comparative, but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it ended up so twenty seven point five. It ended up taking in one hundred fifteen uh, million. Yeah, and this is this is this is a movie that that just it it holds for so long. It's it's it shows its age. But and I didn't think about this was the fact that this was put out in nineteen eighty. You're now talking forty two years later. Like mm -hmm. this movie's hold up is held up, and for me it's held up. But like. You know, my wife today was like, "This is the dumbest movie ever. This is this is just <laughs> awful. This is terrible. I cannot make. I can't believe you you I made me watch this today." And I go, are, "Are you joking? Like, no. This movie's great. This movie's perfect." But yeah, let's. So let's. We there's so much to say about this movie. So like, like you said, as he's let's go back. So go as back he comes the, out, the car so chases, as, man. Well, I feel like that's that's, that's such a big part of this movie is like Dude. I I kind of forgot that like this wasn't just a bunch of musical numbers. But you know what the two things I really remember from this movie are is that first jump over the bridge. Yes, that's, and, I'm, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. And then okay. the mall. So that's where I'm going is yeah. they go right from that introduction and you have maybe three minutes of like maybe two minutes tops of like downtime where John Belushi's tearing apart the 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 his choice in elwood's choice in vehicle and what's really funny and it always makes me laugh is when he chucks the lighter out yeah it needs a new cigarette lighter yeah he throws the lighter out, but you just oh my god and you never well, and they, they both crack that little smile too after they do that you can see so, them like jim i don't know if it's the same for you but i never looked at a bridge the same after seeing that scene <laughs> you just don't you can't you and you go blues brothers when you and, pass and, and at this point, when I see it as, as a fan of Mythbusters, I'm like, oh, man, did they ever do an episode on Mythbusters about being able to do that? Because I would so rewatch that. It, it can't be possible because, like, the way that that's cut, 
there's like that like gap in between the bridge that would probably like jack oh, the car up. Oh, they have so many good cuts on like stupid car antics. That's <laughs> just great. But so, like you said, you're like then you go into the the cop chase, like through the mall, ah, and that yeah. that ma- dude that mall is um that mall was abandoned and they made yeah they they that's all makeshift stores and like there's again, a good part of your budget there too. Do you know that when so when they're going through and they're naming off all these things and he says disco pants and haircuts do you know that do you know why that's so funny about this this movie is that the studio is like yeah this movie's not going to make it you need to make them like a disco band <laughs> that like that was they want them to be a disco band well, that just or- and then, originated and from the, like a, a note character said that too no they the studio wanted that and he was just like they're so, like no <laughs> so just a random script note was just like We'll turn this into a joke. We're not doing that. Yeah, it's just disco pants and haircuts. And then the the other funny part that always sticks out is the is the Do you have a Miss Piggy? <laughs> like when when they go through Toys R Us. That guy's the stunt is, coordinator. Is he? Which yeah. is another another really funny part is that, that Muppets like Oh look, the, Muppets. Is, no, look out Muppets. It plays over into Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd. When he's when he, like later on, he goes, "Look out, Muppets!" <laughs> and it's it's so funny because if you don't know that, you don't know that, and it's just it's great. Well, man. Frank it's... Oz, Frank Oz is also he becomes like a John Landis alumni. Speaking of Muppets, uh, yeah, he's in an American Werewolf in London. He's he's great in that. I love that movie. So that that scene, man, that mall scene is so badass, ridiculous. Yeah. It's so <laughs> good. Ridiculous. It's Oldsmobiles are in early this year. Yep, no Oldsmobiles. That's so funny because until you knew that, if you didn't know that was an abandoned mall, like damn, they did a good job. Like even down to the J.C. Penney sign, the Toys R Us sign, you know, even. Well, I'm like, sure. Those, at, I'm sure those places were all in there when, yeah. when. It, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't doubt it at all. But you still go. You know. Oh, it was an abandoned mall. You go. Oh, okay. Because God knows J.C. Penney is always in the mall. That you know they'll <laughs> always be in the mall. I don't care. It's it's not a mall unless J.C. Penney's present, and if it's if it's not in a mall, you go. Why is that not in the mall? It's like the <laughs> it's like the kid that got away. So I'm gonna say it. I like the rest of the movie. I think that chase goes on just a tad bit too long. I think there's like I, I just some of the th- shots of destruction are just like, all right, all right, come on, let's get to the next scene already. I mean, all the jokes are good. It's just like there's just. Not all of this needs to be here. And that may be my fault, because I watched the unrated longer version. But So, you know what's really funny, though, is that, like you said, the jokes just go on forever. Kind of like, you know, as he goes over, he goes, they go to Elwood's apartment. They go to, like, the, the bunkhouse. Yeah. Flop and, house. like, yeah. yeah, the flop house. As you, What's really funny, other than the fact that, you know, he's like, hey, boy, did you get me my cheese Whiz? And he pulls this cheese Whiz out of his back <laughs> pocket like he's been sitting on it the whole time. You go... What the hell is that? So, <laughs> and it's just, and that's another thing. You look at Cheese Whiz and that's all you ever hear is you, that's all I ever heard all my life was when someone says Cheese Whiz, I go, oh, you got my Cheese Whiz? String cheese. The, the, the joke is that, you know, like you said, when they, when Carrie Fisher, and anyone who doesn't know, Carrie Fisher is throughout the entire movie is trying to kill John Belushi. You know, for anyone listening who doesn't know this, her her whole point in the movie is to kill John Belushi. 
And, uh, and she because doesn't even of... have a name. Her character doesn't even have a name. Oh, she doesn't? But no. What's really, and what's really funny is you go, once I heard this, the thing about the Coke, like the Coke budget, you look at her, you go, yeah, she's coked out. Like she's just so glazed over and coked out. And which another another random fact, and, and people are going to lose their shoes on this one, was I did hear a, a story that John Belushi, like during the filming of Empire Strikes Back, she was still hanging out with John Belushi. And I think at that point, if you guys don't know this, Carrie Fisher was actually engaged to Dan Aykroyd during this, during this movie. She was actually his fiance. During the filming of Empire Strikes Back, there was actually like Coke orgies happening during while they were filming Hoth, all the Hoth stuff. And John Belushi said to Carrie Fisher, you're doing too much Coke. And in retrospect, you know, it's John Belushi saying that to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like you said, they blow up the house and then it's just like going through the bricks. And you're like, Jesus, will this scene just end with them coming out of the bricks of the yeah. whole building that landed on them? Yeah. Well, like, and the thing too is they're like, they're brushing off these bricks like they're nothing. <laughs> so you said, and, and, and you not guys... only that, they, you know, the bricks actually look brand new. You know, yeah. and and they get up. They never saw her, and yeah. they just get up and act like nothing happened. Like, oh, just woke up, and there's a house. On. No, it doesn't matter that a house just fell on them or a building just fell on. They just get up and go to work. So, but that's the thing is, you go until I found out that he had a job today because I kind of thought he never had a job. He goes, "It's nine o'clock. I got to go to work." And I was yeah, like, that, that had no context before. It didn't. I didn't know that until, you know, 48 minutes ago or, you know, 52 minutes ago, whatever, however long ago you told me this, <laughs> but they go and I'm going, Oh, they just went to go find um, Murph, Matt Murph, Matt Murphy and the Murph tones. What's really funny the is magic it, tones. And the magic tones when they go to the lady's house where they, the bunkhouse, the tenant house, Mr. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so she brings it, they go inside and she's got two pictures on the wall. One's the Pope. And the other one is the Godfather. It's Marlon Brando. Mrs. Toronto? Yeah, Mrs. Toronto. (laughs) What's really funny is the fact that, do you know that the Pope blessed this movie? Yes. Yes, I I read in, uh, yeah, the like, the the official newspaper of Vatican City was like, yeah, we approve this movie. They approve it, and the Pope was in Chicago when it was being filmed, and he he came by and he actually blessed the movie. (laughs) That's ridiculous that's that's hilarious so if you guys don't know you know as they're collecting all their musicians do you guys know the good majority if not all of them were all snl band members that makes sense do you know who got fired off of the band because they had to go do jiggly live or something like that or some some i'm guessing like something. Paul Schaefer. it was paul Schaefer. he got he got fired john belushi accused him of not being loyal and he fired it. Uh, he fired him for taking this other job. Um, like it was a Vita live or something like that. But he, he's like, yeah, you're not loyal. You're fired. Which is really funny. And I'm actually glad because Paul Schaefer would have kind of been, you know, out of place in this. But, you know, going fast forward and talking back to those edited versions, you know, like remember when they go to the, when they go to Shea Paul? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, what made it, you, and as a little kid, you're like, oh, when he's like, how much more they weigh me? How much more they we mean? You don't you don't know he's asking them to like buy them to like whore them out, you know, to like as sex slaves, and you're like it's so hilarious, and you're just like, 
it, but the edited version as a little kid, you're like, oh, that's funny. It's this gross old man who wants to buy these women. And it just, it's funny. His voice is funny. Everything's funny about his presentation. But what's even funnier is who's the waiter? Uh, yeah, I never noticed that before. It's Pee Wee. Pre-fame. Preaching Mr. Herman. Mr. Yeah. W. Herman. Yeah, pre, it's a it, Pee Wee Herman show. Yeah, and it's so funny because he's still just that, nah, you know, that <laughs> he smart. He also shows up in Up in Smoke. He is in Up in Smoke, and he's he just still has that that California like you know that that sort of like snotty. I told you so, attitude, and it's so funny that he's in that, and it's just. Well, there's a lot of neat cameos in this movie. Steven in, Spielberg at the end. He's the yeah. he's the guy who counts the money. So, do you know that, like, most of all, above everything else, is with this movie is you don't go. This is a musical because it's not. It's a movie about musicians that have musical parts to it. Versus, like, I consider the first Pirates of the Caribbean because of that stupid dance scene with the skeletons to be more of a musical than this movie. It, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch the, the church is fantastic the whole church the, scene dude, it's, dude, re- it's so weird because they just like I feel like they drop a lot of these scenes in simply because they've like hired these R&D yeah, but, legends so do you know that a lot of those guys that are in that in this movie a lot of the musicians either A played backup for them like or toured with them um, like Sam and Dave they play Sam and Dave throughout the whole movie, and and they show a Sam and Dave eight track in, El, yeah. in Elwood's car. So there's a long story short, like Donald Duck Dunn and an, uh, I think maybe, uh, oh man, what Matt Matt Guitar Murphy, they played for they played backup for Sam and Dave or something like that. Long there's like this long roundabout like point A to point B to like seven point seven connections to kevin seven degrees of <laughs> kevin, bacon. kevin bacon yeah but they're all every every musical part that's in this movie is connected in some way back to the band that they're in uh that members are in everyone is live plays live except for like the only one who the only Aretha, one who right she was and, lip-syncing which is it's that's usually what movie musicals do but uh i think it was james brown who really wanted to do a live performance right and james brown is so you look yeah. at him you, you, he is so good in this in this and you just go wow he's so sweaty and he's he is sweaty but you look at him you go wow he really does perform like a preacher in a church and that really is like his persona but he he definitely like they said even the aretha franklin stuff is like it's like cut up yeah, some it's of not it. Yeah. Some of it was. Some yeah, of it wasn't. Performance about ten times. I said. Yeah. So she. Well, that's really. It's a really interesting part. And another really interesting part to it is when they're all in the sauna. <laughs> when they're in the sauna, like Lawrence, yeah. trying to get with, a gig, yeah, with Steve Lawrence, and they they show everyone come out, and they're all in towels. That is a direct reference to an Earth, Wind, and Fire cover where they're all there's members of the band that are all in a sauna who are actually part of the blues brothers band that were in earth wind of fire so it's like they just recreated the the same cover with the guys that are in the cover so that's that's a really cool tidbit of information again like this is a you know these songs i think we did we have 
my father bought the album, I think, or Chris bought, or our sister bought the album. It's Someone a great bought album. the album. It's a, it's a great, it is a great album. Well, there's, and there's two albums, right? There's, yeah. there's like the the movie one, and then there's like a live show one. That's yeah, all. That's where Soul Man comes from. They don't even um, sing Soul suitcase, Man in this. Suitcase full of blues is is the Brief, it's briefcase. Not really so, briefcase. Sorry, briefcase full of blues is not really associated with the movie, but more with more with SNL. That's it. Yeah, that's a precursor to the movie. Oh, it's it's really those those musical bits like even Ray it, Charles, all of it. About biscuit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. There's there's I've actually yeah no. There's actually another one. There's actually another Blues Brothers album. That I've heard that had like a B movie car blues or something like that. That's that's a good one. Look that up. But um, again, it, it goes by. And when you told me today, it was like two hours and twelve minutes. I was like, out of your mind. I was like, this movie's like an hour and twenty minutes. Like it's standard, but it, believe me, today I was like, wow, this this movie does like you said, it goes on, and you're like, holy hell, dude. But yeah, you just no, go. The fact that this movie doesn't end after that kind of final performance and they don't kind of wrap it up after that is kind of insane. It goes like another 25 or so minutes afterwards, which the resulting car chase has some great moments in it. But again, <laughs> it's another 25 or 30 minutes of the movie. You know, what's really funny, though, is so you look at John Belushi and it, it it's pretty apparent like he is, you know, in the SNL world. He's the bigger guy who he does a lot of the stunts that are in this movie. His his uh, his aerobic performances, like yeah. his his the flips and everything. He does these. He does these. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. And he does. And he during doesn't. the church scene. Well, yeah, he starts flipping, and then they cut to one angle, and like it is John Belushi who gets it, up it, from a flip and starts dancing. They, yeah, he, they he, do switch to a, a stunt performer who goes down the aisle, and then they switch to John coming out of the flip. But he is he is a very physical he's a very physical performer. Yeah, like and Chris you look, Farley. Like Chris Farley. That's exactly where I'm going. Is Chris Farley was a very you could see how much Chris Farley emulated him. But another thing that's really funny is the fact that John Candy is in this movie. I always John, forget that John Candy is in this movie. And John Candy, if you don't know it, John Candy and talking about like the perfect bridge between Canada and America with <laughs> you know, SNL with with Mike Myers being from Canada and being so so Canadian about it. What was the, the Canadian fact... SNL called? SCTV. SCTV. Second City. Yeah, Second but, City Television. But you you look at that and you go, there must be. I wonder today. I was like, I wonder how much rivalry there is between those physical performers because you got the big guy from SNL and you got the big guy from SCTV. I just thought that was a really interesting dynamic, and. Above anything else, the biggest disappointment tonight, Jim, out of everything you've quoted out of this movie. What I do. It's what you have not done yet. Uh oh, what didn't I quote? I'm thirsty. Orange whip? Ah, Orange no, whip? I, I did. You missed it. <laughs> you missed it. Did I? Yeah. I did it at the top of the show. Orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, three orange so, whip. Orange whip is actually, it's the name of the no cake. Orange, the, orange whip is like an orange Julius. It's like a, a, dole, a dole whip. Mm. Okay. So, Orange Whip is actually the name of the catering company. <laughs> it's not a real drink, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really really funny like that, dude. And um, there's a there's actually a lot of there's a lot of little jokes having to do with the production. Yeah, uh, what was the Universal at the very 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 end? 
like the last scene you the last thing you see is a card that says visit universal studios ask for babs ask for babs Babs. it's a that's an animal house joke because one of the characters babs uh they're what happens to them afterwards and that title card is is works at universal studios as a tour guide yes Yeah, that's that's a really in the, the well, that and jokes. See you next Wednesday is another kind of reoccurring John Landis gag. You see a John poster Landis. for that movie. It's Wednesday, not Tuesday. It's see, Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm pretty it's sure. It's Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. I don't think see you next Tuesday would float. Oh, you went there. There's a dump button. <laughs> All right. We're I showing felt, our age. I, I fell for Lotus too last week. But. So what's really funny is, okay, so they, you know, they're coming out of this as they're leaving this, you know, they get everyone there and, you know, they get them to the, the big show in which they only play two songs. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even finish the second song. This guy hands them like $10,000, you know, just hands it over. And this guy who says, he's like, I used to work, I used to work here back in the seventies. The movie came out in 1980. <laughs> you know what that guy is? What, what else that guy's famous for? He, he he did like a lot of like is he the Doritos guy? He's the, the Doritos guy. Yeah. He um what's really funny is that he's like I'm from Clarion Records and at that point I guess Clarion was like really, really like he's they he claimed that they were the number one something or record company and at that point they were completely bankrupt and like destroyed and like nothing. But it's it's really funny. So they were um, the, the canon film of uh, the music world. Yeah, but they said this. So then you just, you come into, you go into that scene, you know, they're in the tunnel and just mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's there with an M16. And it's so funny. And you finally find out why she's trying to kill him the entire time. Cause she, we didn't even know who she wanted to kill. Yeah. And that, that point no, now knowing that she's, she was engaged to uh, Dan Aykroyd because he saved her with a Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> You know that's that's a pretty interesting and funny funny fact now, but yeah, it's definitely it's that part is good and you go oh, but it, what's really cool is it it kicks right back into the car chase scene, the next the next car chase scene which is just yeah it's it's yeah. amazing yeah it's a good the, chase. I th- the 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 pinto drop that's yeah. that's insane yeah. You know they had to get certified. Yeah, uh, they, by the FAA, they had to call it like a non-air aircraft yeah. vehicle or some something like that. Yeah, to be able to drop it, and they actually 102 feet. Yeah, and it was feet. like specifically because they wanted the skyline of Chicago to be in the shot as it was yep. falling. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like that. <laughs> well, you go. I've always loved you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that part's great, and they, you know, they just happen to. Like, and you talk about, like, the weird random... Well, that's, like... like... The cuts of, of the car, like, when he flips... They flip the car over mid-air, and then it just happens to be going flying the other way. You know? <laughs> it's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, it physically... Like, the laws of physics do not apply to this movie. And it's well, just so... You know, and, and that's another interesting thing is, you know, they have... Everything is pretty real... And then they've got several scenes that are unreal, like that. And, like, all of a sudden, Minnie the Moocher. Yeah, that's... I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting that all of a sudden they've gone into fantasy for a second here as he he plays Minnie the Moocher. You know, they... How how so? What do you... What? 
because they're in their street clothes and then Cab Calloway starts meeting the moocher and all of a sudden they're all in white tuxes until the end of the song and then they're no, back he's in regular a, clothes. He, he's in a white tux. And then oh, they're all in tuxes. They're all in yeah, white they're tuxes. In, they, no, they're in, tu- they're in regular tuxes. He's in a white tux. Nope, they're all in white tuxes. All right, I'm going to look at the movie then. Yeah. <laughs> but they totally, you know, they totally change. And then as soon as the song ends, boop, they're back to reality. They are not all in white tuxes, Jim. Ah, I watched it six hours ago, my friend. <laughs> and and did you notice the bass player? Every time you get a shot of the bass player, his his pipe, not a, he's smoking a pipe the entire time. That's and Donald Duck Dunn. That's that's that he's he's from Wareham. He um the is he? Uh, he is or Rochester. And he's local. Uh, but he? um yeah, every time he's in the shot, his pipe is blowing smoke. I don't know if that's real or if that's a stage thing. That's definitely real. At that time, that's definitely real. So you're well, not I sure mean, the fact that it's smoking, you know. It's you know that's real. You know what's really funny, and I, I meant to bring this up, is, and it, it's kind of funny that we watched this movie this week, and I've been watching the, the John Wayne Gacy tapes. Is that <laughs> this Another is based? They, they, yeah, they're both in Chicago, and it's just like Chicago. I wonder how much the John Wayne Gacy got mistaken for John Belushi, because they they, they, they look, look sort of. They do. <laughs> and I go, it really looks like John Wayne Casey. But yeah, it's really funny. It's just, like you said, you go through all these things and, and the the Illinois Nazis thing, like that, dude, that wouldn't fly this in this day and age. Um, but I guess even the Illinois Nazis, like a lot, their, their hate speech and everything was actually taken from a real speech that they were given. And it's so... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like... And it, it was it's horrific like, back then, it's horrific now. No, no, but it's so ridiculous. Like, what they say is so ridiculous. But it, I think it's like, it's the, like a parody of, like, the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, our immortal leader. The, what is it? The, Americans, the American Society of White white People? It's no, like the, ass, it's no, ass the, wipe. Yeah, it's ASWPP. It's, yeah, it's ass wipe. Something yeah. Socialist White People's Party. <laughs> American Socialist, American White, Socialist People Party. White People Party, yeah. But it's so fun. It's just so like I always kind of like looked at. I think it's Henry Henry. Oh my God, I forget what his name. Is. It's Gibson. a guy, Henry Gibson. I don't, I'm like I always go. He's so short. <laughs> I feel like that was a prerequisite for like joining the Nazi parties. You had to be really tall. But they have this one guy who just always looks like he's gonna like like he he's about to shit his pants. The entire time it's the worst face but um well the, i mean they all do in that stupid uniform yeah but anyway it's i think so... i think you say that that wouldn't fly i think that that would fly in a comedy you think sure all yeah. right but so going back to like the chase scene and everything when they go another thing that always sticks out is is definitely that the dispatcher use of <laughs> necessary violence it's so funny. So, and he's got such a Harry Carey uh, yeah. voice to him, and which is so Cubs. exactly. And then he's just so like, then it's just you know, that's so funny. <laughs> it sounds and, like and, like and after birds. that, I, I always thought the SWAT people made that noise. I, I did too. 
I always thought, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, I always thought that that's something they always had to do. And it's so, yeah, it's like when they're crawling on the roof, it's just like, oh my God. Since you but guys yeah. always throw in personal connections, I'll throw in, uh, I went to school with Harry Carey's grandkids. No way. Yeah. Mary, Larry, and Jerry. Mary, Larry, and Jerry. That's exactly All right. right. <laughs> All right, anyway. But yeah, definitely. So it's just such a, you know, it. I wish it did. For me, I think the reason why this movie is so funny is just the, definitely my father's influence and definitely the... I think it helps the, that you lived in Chicago. That probably... Yeah that's, yeah. yeah, that's definitely... Those are those things that you go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a movie that's it's always going to... It's always going to be special to me. This is a movie that if you see it in a $5 bin, you should give it to someone you love. That's I think that's going to be my rating system. Is it in a $5 bin? Would you buy it? But yeah, and it's just definitely it's I would I would always have a hard copy of this. I would. I think it's great. I don't I don't care how low budget the uh the definition is on it. If what? you didn't if you didn't like them, would you give them Blues Brothers 2000? Hell no! I, I, dude, I, I told Nick today. I, he asked me if we were going to talk about you. Blues you did. You did mention it earlier in your car crash thing. You, you went against your word. I know. And I said, I, I think I called Blues Brothers. I think I said it was. You called it the Godfather Three of. It's the, it's the Caddyshack Two of Godfather Three that makes House Party Four look like Highlander Two. <laughs> I was, I was, no, I was, I'm never gonna. I always like sets of movies that you can do. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's Jaws three makes Jaws two look like Jaws. Yeah, movies it, where you can do that, or even like I think there's there's a line in uh there's a line in like uh, I think um Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He's like, yo, this is gonna make <laughs> yeah, it's gonna make House Party two look like House Party one, House Party four look like House Party three. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's such a funny, <laughs> such a funny line. It's like that's when Chris Rock was funny, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. Last, I, last fact I just want to mention before we do this. So the first draft of this movie that they turned mm-hmm. in was three hundred and twenty-four pages long, found in the Los Angeles Yellow yep. Book. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. <laughs> I, I read that. I heard that today too. That was pretty. That's a pretty funny move right there. It it took him like six months to write it, Dan Aykroyd, and then he had to like shave it down in two weeks to be something usable. So yeah, do you guys know that it's supposed to be a a page per minute is usually what typically yes yeah that would have made this movie like six hours long if they had done the original. original it would have been script. the SNL joke that doesn't end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, there you go, wrapping it all back around. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I told these guys that I didn't love this movie and I put love in all caps and I think they were like, oh, does he hate this movie? No, I like this movie. I, it's we are a, horrified. It's. Don't blaspheme it's, in here. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good movie. It's just, I, like a, like I'm saying, it just like, it has its moments where it's just like, it goes on a little bit too long. That may have been my problem for watching the unrated cut, but. See, I don't, I, I. You know, I you think don't the pacing see, holds up? I think the pacing yeah. is pretty good. I mean, it, it's nothing like um, American Dad and uh, oh, what's the one with Peter American Griffin's Dad? Like? Family yeah, Guy. Yeah. 
it's not like Family Guy where the jokes just it's like really we got the joke we get we 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 still got the joke okay you keep going okay okay uh, it's not it's not done. no I don't okay. think it's like that no um, it, I think it's like some of the other SNL are definitely some of the other SNL movies are definitely like that as well as the show but I don't I don't see this as that bad except the car chases but that's on purpose interesting interesting that that's the you think the car chases are too long? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I, I, I think all of this is a little too long, because you could definitely cut this movie down to like an hour and forty and have it still be like feasible and funny and like oh, I think tighter cuts of it out there like that. Yes, just a tighter. But, and, film. And the funny thing is, you know, one thing that that shocked me as a kid was I'm like, oh my god, my dad's letting me watch a movie that has swears in it, and then Did I you say saw, my dad's. My my dad is. My, <laughs> I'm like I only have one. <laughs> I only have one yeah, dad. My dad is letting me watch a movie that has swears in it, and and then I saw the the edited for TV version. I'm like, huh, this isn't as good. But now as an adult, I'm like, I don't remember even hearing most of the swears. I don't think there is a lot of swears in this movie at all. But as a kid, no, I, was like, oh I, my God, I noticed them. I feel like I felt like whenever you know. He said, fuck, it was like, they kind of were like, look, it's an SNL character saying the F word. Yeah, I just, I just don't really remember, like, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I know that they swore in it, but I just didn't, you know, and that's the whole joke I with think the, it's penguin, during with the, the penguin. Yeah, during the scene with the penguin. Yeah. yeah. But, but the words and the swears are totally out of sync. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. There's just, the whole thing is great. I, th- I think pacing wise, it's a great movie. I think it's I think it's a great movie. I don't think it, you know, like you said, it's it's going to definitely go down as one of my absolute favorite movies. Yeah. So I mean, for me, this is still like a solid seven or eight out of ten. Oh probably, yeah. yeah, probably yeah. leaning more eight. Okay, yeah, I would, it's yeah, it's it's good for what it is. It's great for what it is. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing against this movie. I just, well. My one thing against this movie, but that's it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last thoughts? Or were those your last thoughts? No, I got I got nothing. All right. This is, yeah, buy it in the $5 bin. No, this is definitely one of those, you know, if it happens to be on, you know. Just watch um, it. Yeah, you know, I, I when I watched it, I immediately, immediately remembered how good the music was and you were I cranked up I cranked up the speaker I wanted to listen to it on the best speakers that I could and I cranked up the speakers pretty much as loud as they could go and when I rewatched it yesterday I did the same thing and you know the, just the music music ties the whole thing together I feel like it's a whole bunch of skits with movie uh, music acts in between no maybe not you're thinking about that though no because it, <laughs> no because that's that's the way i feel about about grown-ups that's just a bunch of failed snl skits well this is this is <laughs> one single snl skit played out over played out over the course of basically a, an episode length of snl with musical guests in between yeah versus grown-ups which is like a bunch of bad skits that didn't make it on that they, where they tried to make a movie out of it and then bring it a f that movie 
<laughs> I, I hear a lot of resentment in your voice when, you, when you're talking about grown-ups. <laughs> I hate that movie. <laughs> I, oh my god, I was like, for some reason I really liked that movie when I was like 12 and I have no, like, I have no desire to ever watch that ever again in my life. Nick, you know that um, the... Uh, yes, yes, WaterWiz. WaterWiz is down the street for me. Yeah, and there's no zip lines in WaterWiz, thank uh, you. And there's Steve no Buscemi didn't die at uh, WaterWiz. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, now we're now we're talking about grown-ups, so I guess that means it's it's probably time to wrap this up. All right, thank you, uh, thank you for joining me for another week, guys. Always glad to have you. I, we're still trying to figure out, I think, what the next thing we do is. Catch us on uh, on Tuesday as always, and we'll uh, we'll see you later. All right. Have a good Bye, one. guys. Night, guys. Bye. Bye.